today's podcast. The title for today is The Perfect Quote. I'm Louise, here with Diane. And before we start today, I would like to say we are getting an awful lot of listeners. Um, We would love you to subscribe and give us a like or write us a review. Um, It means an awful lot to us. So if you want us to keep producing these, we really want to. So if you'd like us to, please subscribe, like and review. As a small business, it means so, so, so much. And of course, if you subscribe, you get notified when a new episode comes out. So you're the first ones to listen. And it's every Wednesday if our editing's working okay. (laughs) So anyway, I will let you uh, carry on today, Diane, with the perfect quote. Give give me a heads up. What are we talking about? Yeah, so the topic this week is all about the perfect quote and, and, you know, how to deliver it, why it's important. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a grilling because I know you're a real expert in in delivering a quote, Louise. Um, Obviously, we're going to have our usual chat about it. But my first question is, why is getting the quote right so important? So I actually did some research on this within my own business a few years ago, and we realized when I started putting um, quoting out to someone else, training someone else to do it, something like 80 to 90 percent of complaints can be eradicated if you get the quote right. But when I say quote, it is not how much you charge. A quote is so much more. It's the introduction to your business. It's setting the boundaries. It's setting the expectation on the service. It is everything is you selling your business and agreeing and you know everything the customer thinks of you and if you can get that right even if you say to a customer I'm not going to do this for you it's so powerful that customer's gonna love you even if you say no or charge a higher price yeah it's re- really important that isn't it because it isn't just about the price when you're quoting it's about meeting the customer's needs it's about meeting the business needs it's about it's a, it's not a negotiation it's it's just a conversation about what's going to work for them and for you isn't it but the thing is it is a negotiation isn't it like and i think we go into it quite blase like oh we're just going to go in and give a quote and they're going to say yes or no to us But that's not really how it should be. And particularly not if you're quoting like a bigger job or a commercial job, you're going in and they go, well, I want a lower price. And you can start to push back and say, well, actually, are you going to do this for me? Are you going to pay within seven days? Are you going to pay before we actually do the work? And and it's the same. I think we forget that we can negotiate. We we work so hard on having structured offerings that actually, if they want a little bit more, you can say yes, but you're going to give me a little bit more. Yeah. And sometimes for the customer, from their point of view, they come on the the initial call, for instance, thinking that all they want is the price. But actually what they really need is to know what you're going to do for them. What's what does the service provide? How is it going to work? What's the value that you're going to add to either their lives or their business? And then the price becomes important or actually maybe it's less important because they now know the value. But they think they want the price. But what they really need is is an actual a proper quote, isn't it? And what I find when the first questions is, do you want it weekly or two weekly? And they go, well, I don't really know. And then you go, right. OK, so my job's to actually make a plan that's going to work. Yeah. Um, and I normally I mean, will come on to this. But at the end, I'm there giving them three options going, well, I advise this. But here you go. Here's a cheaper one. Um, and that's where the negotiation can come in, isn't it? So, OK, so you want a weekly service where you have to do very little in between. This is what you need. But actually, maybe their budget doesn't meet that need. But there, there might be some flexibility in agreeing either going fortnightly or maybe you do the upstairs of the house one week and the downstairs the next. There's always room for negotiation. It's not necessarily a negotiation on your hourly rate, but it might be a negotiation on the service provided, might it? 
Yeah, I think I negotiate quite a lot, but I never budge on the hourly rate. That's something it's non-negotiable, but I'll negotiate everything else. Yeah. So when you're when you've got to do quotes now, I know that you do a lot of your quotes now by video, don't you? But, I did. I did an in-person one this morning, but oh, yeah, how it, all video. Yeah. Oh, I love video quotes. So how do you prepare for that then? How how does that process work? So the best part of the preparation is actually done for me. It's automated. So um, when, for example, a customer inquires on our website or on Facebook, wherever they inquire, they then get sent um, an email or, or WhatsApp or a template, let's say, that now says, uh, welcome to us. Thank you very much. Um, here's a link to our prices. So we publish the prices on the website. Have a look at that so that before they even book in with me, they have a ballpark figure because half of them then won't book in with me. And that's brilliant because I do not want my time wasted. And the biggest things about quotes is we need to, what do you call it, pre, pre-qualify them. That's the word. I should know this. You do this over the phone, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So the bulk of our quote is over the phone. We sometimes still go out, but we do that less and less now. But most of the quoting is done over the phone. And that is a conversation assessing the house, the people who live there, what their frequency is and and agreeing with the client all the way through that conversation, how long they're going to need, what the frequency is. And, And then when you get to the price, they've already made their mind up. They, all people really want, they don't want a cleaning service. They want to trust that you can deliver a solution to their problems because they don't want their house cleaned. They want their weekends back or they want whatever it is they want. So we've just taken out a radio advert and um, I had to come up with a strap line at seven o'clock this morning. I got given 20 minutes to come up with a strap line. Um, And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? It's all about having your weekends back because that's what people want. Yeah. And I suppose that starts with understanding your target market, though, doesn't it? So that you know the conversations you're likely to be having, because that's who is likely to be ringing you, hopefully. Yeah. So if I wanted doctors, I would be talking about hygiene levels and infection control. But going back to that. So, yes. So most of it is done. So they get that template email. They then decide, okay, I'm going to pay ballpark these prices. Got a bit of an idea. Um, They're going to click in to book with me. So then they get a book. They book their time to come in with me. They get another email explaining exactly what I am going to do on that quote. So that by the time I get on that quote, they've probably waited a few weeks. They know exactly what's going to happen. There's no surprises. I've said, you know, we're going to run through a few options. So most of my work before I even start that quote is done automatically. And and that's the hard bit. They've got to buy into your process. Yeah, absolutely. And and I suppose for them... (laughs) That if it means that they're serious like you said it's that pre-qualification isn't it if they're going to give you the information that you need in order to be prepared and for them to be prepared for the quote then you know that they're almost certainly target market aren't they by that stage yeah and if someone's bothered to get on a video quote with me why would they not go with me it's too much effort but it's same with the face-to-face it's it's by the time they've done that, they honestly don't like, we don't like doing interviews particularly. They don't want to speak to three or four different cleaners. If they've got you into the house, they already know they want to buy for you, from you. Yeah. So you just have to solve their problems. Yeah. So part of the preparation then is really 
preparing the client for the quote as much as it is for you in the way that you do it. So if you still go out and do um, quotes, I think we've talked about this on a previous podcast. When I first started, I'd go out in my little suit with my clipboard um, and it was just not quite right for the domestic market, I have to say, and I changed quite quickly. So if you're still going out and doing quotes, is it still a, it's still quite a casual affair, even though it's very professional? Um, so the difference with online quotes is I don't have to make as much conversation and I really have got into that quite a lot just like boom 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 this yeah. is what I've got to cover and I guess when I did in-person quotes I built a lot more rapport and um, I got to know them a lot better um, and I've probably got a little bit more like I would be online now in person and I have to remember to actually make conversations I'm going through literally a set checklist I'm going boom 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 I've got set phrases set questions um, it's all scripted and when I used to go out in person it was more natural seeming um, people expect now with an online quote they just want me to deliver a good service interesting so yeah. interestingly when I was going out today and I had to make conversation about children and schools and that was the conversation today it was like oh okay this is a yeah. bit odd not done this for a while but I think that's for, for a lot of us that's part of sales skills isn't it is learning how to build that rapport either quickly over the phone or through the process to be fair but if you are going out that is part of the quote is building rapport to make sure because people buy from people that they like and if you know you're in rapport with your customer they know you understand them they know you're not going to judge them so it's not about being dishonest it's just about being in tune with your customer isn't it yes Let's pause. <laughs> so would it be fair to say, Louise, that it's really important to manage client expectations as part of the quote? Is Because it seems like this is where all the problems come in later, yeah. is if they're not managed. So, yes, the biggest problem I find later on down the line when you get complaints is that what we've delivered hasn't matched what the customer expected. Um, and it's not often because we've done a bad clean. You know, none of us are going to deliver a perfect clean. Let's be honest. Cleaners, customers want the perfect clean. I can't deliver the perfect clean. It's not going to happen, possibly with all the time in the world. So given that we know we're not going to deliver a perfect clean, what we either have to do is match exactly what they want or change what they want to match exactly what we're going to deliver. Yeah. And that can be quite a mindset shift for cleaning business owners to go, I can't deliver perfection and to openly tell a customer I can't deliver perfection. And um, particularly when they come whinging about their previous cleaner, oh, they missed, they missed the skirting boards or they missed the fireplace and you know, I would be really brutal at that point and say, well, I would really love to employ robots, but sometimes people miss things and that is going to happen. And, you know, if that is the kind of customer that is then not OK, when you say that you go, we're going to have problems down the line. And I may as well be really honest to go. You are going to get the similar problems with us. The things that you're complaining about are going to happen. And yeah, yeah it's to be fair, they still go with us. Yeah. And it's a bit like when they want two hours weekly and it's a four bedroom house with three bathrooms and two kids and a dog, isn't it? It's I'd rather not sell them it. I would rather walk away <laughs> than sell them two hours weekly because I just know that we're setting ourselves up for disaster. I'd rather sell them, my preference. I would just sell them four hours fortnightly if I could. That would be how I would do it because it fits their budget. Um, and I would rather and I always actually actually say that to them. I would rather you were delighted once a fortnight than slightly disappointed every week. 
<laughs> but I'm it seems playing... to work. I explain that really clearly and I say, look, you've got two or three bathrooms. At best, I can do a bathroom in 20 minutes. At best, it could take longer. So let's add this up. And I normally break down the rooms. I say, look, you've got three bathrooms. That's an hour, right? You want your kitchen done. That's half an hour. I've got half an hour left to go around and I'll hoover downstairs. That's all you're going to get. And the problem with two hours weekly is every time we will do kitchens, bathrooms and Hoover downstairs, you will never get in the rest of your house touched. And they suddenly seem shocked that that's the case. And you go, and they, when that penny drops, that that's the case, they go, why did my last cleaner not tell me this? And (laughs) the number of times I get that, why has no one told me this? And I go, well, because they're not brave enough, they're not trained to do it. There's a whole load of reasons why they haven't told you this. And suddenly you almost see the look of guilt on their face that they they dismissed the last cleaner for really what was their expectations. Yeah. And how many times have you done a quote where they have had a cleaner before and you realise, you find out you're quoting three hours a week, four hours a fortnight, whatever, and you, re- you find out the previous cleaner was doing two hours a fortnight. And it was just like they could not have delivered what this client wants or needs in that time. And you feel really bad. Um, And yeah, you have to tell the customer that maybe their previous cleaner wasn't actually that bad. (laughs) Well, no, and I've done that where they've got rid of their last cleaner because they've all obviously fallen out with them because they've had little niggles all the way along. And I go, what your cleaner achieved was phenomenal. You're now going to pay me three times the price and I will deliver what you want. But quite frankly, if I were you, I'd get that last cleaner back because they were brilliant. They've been with you 10 years. You should hang on to them. And but they've burnt their bridges and they go, I'm going to I'd rather pay you three times the price. And you go, "Okay." like, but it's again, this is managing customer expectations, isn't it? It's not being horrible. It's not being hostile. uh, But sometimes you I don't like it, but you do have to deliver things that the customers don't want to hear. Yeah. And the, the reality in this business is the easiest sell that there is, is two hours fortnightly. But it's very rare that it's the right option for the client or for the business. Um, it's just an easy sell because most people can afford two hours fortnightly, but most people, they need more or the business actually can't make that and do that profitably. So, yeah, it's, you've got to manage it and you've got to get it right for both parties, haven't you? Yes. Yes. And that's the thing we've got to be able to deliver. And I don't want the other thing that I've got to remember is I don't want to set my cleaners up for failure. Um, And this is one thing I'm really aware of when quoting is I can push them hard. And the cleaners that work for me are phenomenal. I've got to say they're a brilliant. I'm going to say ladies because they are nearly all ladies. We do have men sometimes, but they're a brilliant, brilliant bunch of ladies. But they've got a breaking point. And the thing I always have to explain to customers is If we haven't got enough time to do everything, then we have to make choices. And you might like our choices. You might not like our choices. But either way, wouldn't you rather make the choices? If I can't do it in three hours, then why don't we knock some bedrooms off rather than randomly bits bits all over the place? I'd rather you made an active choice what we did. Um, And when you put it like that to them, they go, oh, um, because they realise that they would rather make the choice than have us randomly miss skirting boards and windowsills because it's not possible. Yeah, and we we do that. We always agree a priority list with clients as part of the quote stage, which is, and most people's priorities are similar, kitchens, bathrooms first, but it's really important that we have that written down and we actually confirm that in our welcome um, email that we send out. This is what we've agreed. This is what we will do in the time. These are the rooms that we'll do on rotation rather than every visit. And it's just making it really clear what we will do in the time that we've booked. 
And the other thing is customers expect us to remember what we did last time. And, and again, when you say to them, look, can I be really honest, the best person in the world, and I've done this cleaning job. By the time I come back to your house in two weeks time, I've done 40 other houses maybe not quite that many, but um, 40 other houses. You really do work your team hard. (laughs) (laughs) That does seem a bit of an exaggeration there, doesn't it? (laughs) Maybe. Was that possible? Anyway, you know, they might do 40 other houses. That that could happen because over two weeks you could do that. They work in pairs, probably more than yours there. But um, Or how many times have you had it where you're actually cleaning and a customer really tells you their really specific list and 20 minutes later you go, what was it I was supposed to do? Oh, no, there was something I was supposed to do. And this is 20 minutes after the customer's told you and you sort of have to go back to the customer and go, I can't remember what you said. So if it's written down, I can do it. If it's not written down, I can't remember everything. Yeah. And it's important that when your team are out delivering the, 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 the clean itself, that they are doing it based on what was agreed at the quote. Yeah. And then oh, this is where people fall apart. How do you, I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you, Diane, how do you get your team to deliver a, your quote, which you may have had an hour's conversation in a house agreeing to what you're going to do? And you've somehow got to get a team to deliver exactly on that hour's quote. How do you get someone to deliver a conversation you've had? Well, good training, good notes. So we have we use ZenMade as our scheduling software. So our team have the app on their phone and every client has their priority list. And we start at the top of the list and we work our way down. Um, but we also clean every room in more or less the same way. We kind of have a system in place for how we do each room um, so that they're getting that sort of methodical routine going on. Yeah. How do you do it? Not dissimilar. We have a set process. So we have three levels of cleaning, bronze, silver and gold. You want a silver clean. We'll come in. We'll deliver a silver clean. That's it. So I, we don't have a lot of notes on the customer. It's silver clean. That's it. And I tell the customer what a silver clean is. We deliver a silver clean. If they want something else, there's other companies. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and that's the key thing here, isn't it? Is we've both got we deliver the same service in different ways we deliver a clean domestic cleaning service but we just have a different system for managing that customer expectation and allowing your team to deliver the clean in the same way each time or in the way that the customer has agreed it they don't have to be the same system but you do need one that's the key thing the hardest thing and I don't know if you remember doing this but particularly when my business was smaller and there was four or five of us and you'd be expected to remember that customer and you'd be expected to remember everything about it. Um, and as you scale, oh, the complaints come pouring in. So, and this is why, again, we talk about the sort of, it is that sort of six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 staff. You haven't got the systems in place. You haven't got the communication system. And unless the same person does every single clean of that person, um, or you need to swap that cleaner and suddenly nobody can clean like that cleaner can. Um, it's hard, isn't it? And again, it's all down to the quoting stage. Yeah. And you can't, you literally can't keep all that information in your head long term anyway. I, you know, <laughs> it seems to go in one ear and, and something has to fall out the other in order for new stuff to fit in nowadays. So the, the key thing is to take lots of notes and then put them somewhere into a system where other people can then benefit from them. But do it at the time because you're right. You, by the time you don't know who your customers are by the time you get to a certain size, you do the quote and that's the last time you see them. Now, can I ask you a question? Do you email your notes about the customer to the customer? Obviously, we don't write mean things, but like, <laughs> do you tell them what you've written about them? 
Yeah, so what well, at the quote stage, what we do is we do the quotes and obviously take the booking um, and then they get a welcome email. Um, and in that welcome email, obviously it tells them, uh, you know, thank you for choosing us, that sort of thing, and nice and salesy, because we're still in the sales process at this stage. But it also tells them what the priorities are that we've agreed, because we work to a priority list. We, we just say we're going to kitchen bathrooms and we'll work in that order. It's all managed as part of the, the quote and then the welcome. Yeah, um, we sent it over. But I don't know if you have you ever had it where you're doing a quote and this happens a little bit more online where you've been cut short and they're like, yes, yes, I'd like to go ahead. And you go, there's about five questions I haven't asked. And so then you can almost send over an email with some blank bits in and go, could you just fill these bits in for me? Yeah, I've forgotten to get the address on a telephone quote before. <laughs> I did ring them straight back. But yeah, like, OK, basic 101. Don't know where we're going. <laughs> yeah. Or when this thing you miss about doing them online, you know how some houses are a little bit hard to find? Yes. Um, and now, actually, I was reading about this QR codes. Do you know about this? I don't know about QR codes, but I don't know about QR codes for finding a house. So you can get, so say, for example, I have, um, a, a, say, a, a contract with a customer. You could embed or print out a QR code, which is connected to the Google Maps location. So your cleaners scan that QR code yeah. and it just on their phone will take them straight to that address. Oh. I mean, ZenMade does a little bit of that for us. It, it helps our cleaners find the properties. But um, it's interesting because since moving to telephone quoting, that question isn't automatic anymore um, or it isn't always automatic. Whereas when you were doing the when we were doing going out and doing quotes, it would be an automatic question. Can I find it with, with a sat nav? Um, you know, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So if you are just doing telephone quotes and not going out and then sending your team, make sure you, you know how to find them. Or give the phone number. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the okay. phone number is on the on the app for us. Um, but is, yeah, so many, so many houses have just got names around us because it's quite rural. And so it will be Main Street in a particular village. But the house is just called Dove Cottage or something like that. But every house on the street is a name. <laughs> yeah. So this is where you might want a QR code or a WhatsApp pin dropped. We, if we're going to go technical, let's go technical all the yeah, whole way. Let's have well, some yeah, use, use some extra systems in there. No, brilliant. <laughs> okay, so so then, then I suppose before we wrap this up, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was how, and I know people struggle with this. How long do you, will it take? How do you decide? Is it is it just on experience, or do you have a formula? I have a formula. Don't we all? Do we not? I I mean, obviously, it may, like quoting seems like a really natural, easy conversation. Really, I've got checklist, 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 checklist. It's the same. Oh, well, this is what I think it will take. But I've, I have a formula. I quote on how long every single room will take and I add it together at the end. It's yeah. yeah. And it works whether I do it end of tenancy or domestic cleaning. So, yeah. And and. Obviously, it's quite complex in some ways because a three bedroom house, for example, you know, I could do it in anywhere between two and four hours. So it does depend on pets. It does depend on how they live in it. It depends on the square footage a little bit. Uh, it depends on the clutter. It depends on so much. But we also know ballpark that a three hour house is going to take three hours. No, that was wrong. A three bedroom three house. house. Yeah. Three hours. yeah, it's a general rule. Three beds is three hours, especially if it's weekly and all the beds are occupied. 
That's yeah. And, and I can expect, as long as it's not too big, we could probably get the bedding done in that time. Now, you start throwing in dogs and these high shine, open plan kitchen floors where I have to buck it by hand. Then we're talking the time goes up. Um, and if you have like a three bedroom terrace where the third bedroom's just a converted loft room and there's no one suite in there and there's only a couple that are barely there, well, then I can do that in nearer the two hour mark. Yeah, I think it, it, it comes from experience. And I know certainly some of my early quotes, I did not quote enough. Um, and you just learn by it, don't you? Um, but once you've nailed that formula and if you follow the formula of it's the number of bedrooms to the number of hours, you won't go far wrong so long as you know that you've got to be flexible within that. Yeah, I think it gets trickier. And where I see people come unstuck a bit more is on end of tenancies yeah, and, yeah. or first time cleans. So I think, look, if you get it a little bit wrong on a regular clean and you quoted three hours and actually it takes four hours, well, you're only going to make that mistake once and you're going to go back to the customer. And, and this is the other thing that people don't do. They don't go back to the customer. So for example, for me, if I quoted three hours and the girl's going, I was sweating doing that. I'm struggling like crazy. I've had to miss a few bits. Then I'm going to go back to the customer and go, look, I underquoted you. I'm really sorry. If you want the quality that I've promised you, it is going to take three and a half hours. Yeah, or yeah. would you like me to knock some things off? But a lot of cleaners don't have the confidence to go back and do that. And again, this is when the customers come to me going, oh, they didn't do it properly. And I'm going, it's because they've underquoted you. Yeah. And then that what happens then is both parties are unhappy. The client's unhappy, but actually the cleaner gets angry at the client that they've not got enough time and that they're rushing around. And, and it's kind of like, well, you're the one that gave the quote. But the problem for us as cleaners is we're nice. We like to please. And so we don't want to go back and go, I got it wrong. We'd rather die of exhaustion than admit and it's not even like we want to like it's not even an admission I got it wrong but you want to please the customer so much and the customer goes oh you can do it in three hours I really can't no no absolutely and it's having that confidence to say that isn't it that's key here so when it comes to sort of end of tenancy or one-off type cleans it's yeah for me it's always over quote you always have to add some contingency in there. That's the only way we deal with it because we quote over the phone. So we just quote basically based on worst case scenario. Um, but I know everybody's slightly different when it comes to one-offs. Uh, so I'm actually, we're rolling out a DCBN calculator on regular cleans and end of tenancies. Uh, but end of tenancies, I'm just going to tell you what the formula is. So for a clean room, say for example, a clean-ish bedroom, I would always quote an hour. Um, yeah. because a window takes half an hour to clean your skirting board you're going to be bum crawling around the room probably and um, they're going to take me you know 10 minutes and the vacuuming by the time you've done all the edges it's not unreasonable that could take another 10 minutes now let's say I've overquoted and actually only took me 45 minutes well the reality is I'm probably going to need that 15 minutes elsewhere um so you also have to bear in mind you have to travel from room to room as part of you <laughs> you're yeah. cleaning as well yeah so it's an hour a bedroom minimum yep. and then an hour the lounges and the dining rooms are normally quite similar because they're all empty so let's say an hour for each of those the hallway could be our biggest room it could take two hours for the yeah, hallway could be two stories three stories couldn't it but, but I've done it quite often where it's two hours yeah the hallway. and these are houses that are quite clean this is the minimum then of course your bathroom depends on the condition one to two we always hours. allow two yeah yeah 
and then kitchen. Now, kitchens are going to catch you out. If you're going to have a problem, it's going yeah. to come from the kitchen. So generally, I would say if you go to four cupboards and the cupboards have to be empty, but four cupboards takes an hour. And that sounds shockingly too much. Four uh, cupboards takes an hour. Yeah, it does. So I have a because a, you don't get long to quit on these things. So I'm going count all those cupboard doors. How many have we got? 14 cupboard doors. OK, that's all oh, I'm now looking. That's four hours just on the cupboards plus another half an hour. I'm going to be quoting let's say, depending on the condition of the kitchen, am I overquoting or underquoting? I'd be looking anywhere from five to seven hours for that kitchen. Yeah, it's a shock, actually, when you realise how long kitchens take on these end of tenancy type cleans. It's always the longest. And fridges, 45 minutes yeah. for a fridge. And you go, how does it take 45 minutes for a fridge? And, and I tend, customers are horrified when I say it's 45 minutes for a fridge. And I'm going, well, if you don't want me to do it, I'll knock it off for you. Yeah, <laughs> and I go, no, you no, can do it. Do it. It'll take you an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Go on, you want your deposit back or I'll clean the fridge. And yeah. then, um, but the niggly little bits and the toothbrushes all over the place and the sort of greasy things. And what you're not building in is all the tile splashbacks that are going to take time as well. So, um. And like washing machine drawers, mold and what, who even knew you have to clean washing machines? Well, obviously we know, but yeah. uh, and extractors and oh, oh, it goes on. The list is just endless. In some ways, one off cleans, although we, I know a lot of people find it trickier. You just need the formula as, and we, we're, our timings are almost the same as those is you just need to have the list of timings for every room and you can then quote over the phone. And we, we never go over. No, the only thing that will catch you out is if you don't know they've got their wooden blinds as well. Oh, or worse. Yeah. You've got to have those on your question list. Venetian blinds. Ah. <laughs> and how many times have you done it? Where, why do customers do this to us? The kitchen window, right, behind the sink, and they've got really thin, spindly metal, metal blinds yeah. covered in grease. And yeah. you go, I can't do this. Can't clean those. <laughs> And, and this is the thing where I now say to customers, I'm really sorry, but it is I can charge you four hours to clean those or you can get a new go one. Go on blind to go and get some new ones sorted. <laughs> I'm literally going, I now overpriced them so much. I beg them to replace them. Please don't make me do this. Even the wooden ones, they're, they're at least an hour per window. Oh, yeah. In the kitchen, in the yeah. in the other rooms, it's not so bad. But the yeah. kitchen blinds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there's horrible spindly metal ones. They're the biggest hate. Spent and hours trying to clean those and just failing. I, you know, when I first started, I was just like so diligent, really trying my hardest. Oh. And then worse than that, you bend one. And so yeah. the customer comes back and they've got all bent ends and you go, well, told you to replace it. anyway. <laughs> now I just don't touch it. My worst blind experience, and I think I've, I've mentioned it on the podcast before, was is a massive kitchen window, really greasy, thin, silver metal blinds. I spent hours, way over the time that I'd quoted. This was the first couple of years of the business. I spent hours cleaning these blinds. They were beautiful. And then I pulled them up to, and cleaned the window. And then I thought, I better put the blind back down again. And it fell out of the ceiling. <laughs> crashed everywhere bits of plaster all over the place and I've just I've just spent three hours cleaning that blind do you <laughs> bill for it though <laughs> and you bill for it because now they're cross that you've broken their blind and you're like oh man yeah. <laughs> I think they even replaced it I don't think it went back up 
no no one would put it back up and also if you put it back up if by the time you pull it back together whatever's on the bottom of those blinds have now touched your slightly down tops like, oh oh great yeah. fun yeah so there's there's a lot in there that i hope people um will will take um, some good information from with a few things that can go wrong um but the fundamentally it it all starts with the quote managing the customer not having complaints or managing or avoiding complaints it all starts with the quote doesn't it it's all about the quotes. And if you've noticed, none of the things that we've talked about are actually really very salesy, are they? The quote, in my opinion, it's not salesy. I walk in and I think you have to set your intention before you walk in. They're going to go with me. A quote to me isn't to find out whether they're going to go with me or not. They are going to go with me. All I have to do is agree a service. Um, so it's, I think we talk a lot about quotes and we talk about sales and things like that. But actually, a good salesperson, they're not really selling. They are just agreeing. Um, I think yeah, I've always thought that selling is helping people buy. That's, that's what you're doing. Yeah, I think in some ways I put people on. I probably do. But I think you'll not no, buy. <laughs> please don't buy from me. I'd really rather you went elsewhere. <laughs> and have you ever done that to a customer where you go, think another service might be better for you oh definitely yeah I'm not sure I've ever said it to their face <laughs> I think I might have waited till afterwards and we haven't got any availability at the moment I'm really sorry or the quote was so high um, but uh, yeah it maybe put them off a little bit but no there's the, over the years there's definitely been some customers that we've not delivered the quote that's for sure I've done that's that probably for another podcast <laughs> yeah it's ones where you just go this is going you just know it doesn't matter what the job is you are going to make no money because they're not going to pay the bill that's they're the customers I don't want where you go well, you've got through 12 cleaners in the last four weeks how how have you done that <laughs> I don't want to be number 30. no no it's there's a bit of a red there's some red flags aren't there when you're doing the quote and uh, I, I don't like to jump to conclusions when I'm you know I'm, I'm always really open-minded about everybody I think in terms of customers and giving people second chances and staff and everything but there are definitely some certain red flags aren't there and having had several cleaners that just can't do a good enough job in the two hours that they're allowing every fortnight for this five bed house yeah that's a, a red flag that either I've got to say well that's because you need five hours <laughs> and sell them that or we just walk away do you know the question that gets me out of a lot of trouble the most important question if they've had cleaners and they've had problems and maybe the cleaners have underquoted and I'm sort of quickly beginning to work out the problems but sometimes I'm going I can't quite see what the problem is what is it that I need to deliver right, that is going to make you happy that the other cleaners didn't deliver. How on earth am I going to achieve what they couldn't? So please just tell me, or I am going to make the same mistakes as them. Yeah. Um, and I tend to be really honest about this. You know, We're going to do the same thing. Most cleaners do a very, very similar thing. So tell me now, or there's no point. I'm going to deliver the same thing at twice the cost. Yeah. And that, that takes guts. It takes brutal honesty, doesn't it? <laughs> does well you get caught out so many times yeah I think I think all of us gain that confidence when you go oh, why didn't you just tell me you know and you've been caught out that many times that you just go please just tell me uh, like you yeah. don't mess around with it anymore what would be a perfect clean for you and and then I suppose if you you know you can then be honest and say I can't deliver that <laughs> yeah either I can't deliver it or I think you're being unreasonable. Yeah. <laughs> and I have said that before. I think you've been quite mean to the last cleaners. Like, 
this is why I don't say I'm not going to work for them. They tend to tell me that. <laughs> it's managing expectations in a in a firm way, shall we say? Yeah, but there's no point in getting it wrong if you can't come to an agreement on it. There's no point in getting it wrong. There's you can agree any price you like, but there are some customers that even at twice the price, we don't want to work for them. Fair enough. I think that uh, that nicely concludes it there, doesn't it, Louise? So hopefully you've uh, all taken something from that. If you like our podcast, please subscribe, share it and leave us a review. Um, It's always brilliant for a business like ours to um, know that there's people out there listening and watching. So um, thank you so much. Thank you.